Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Nearly Verified. My name is Matt Puglisi, and this is going to be episode 12, which is crazy. These are really flying by. Um, I want to give a quick thank you to anyone that listens to these podcasts. It honestly does mean the world that you take, you know, 30, 40, sometimes 50 minutes of your day and hear what me or my guests have to say. Um, I just think that's really cool. So thank you for that. This week, I interviewed Blake Pearson, who is a senior business development rep at Salesforce. So Salesforce is an American cloud-based software company. Uh, They have headquarters in San Francisco, California. Um, They provide customer relationship management services, and they also sell um, a complimentary suite of, of enterprise applications. So Blake actually worked as a BDR where I did my first internship in Waterloo uh, at a company called Exonify, but we just missed each other there. Um, I heard so many great things about the guy, I thought I would go ahead and interview him. Um, This one was cool because it was an assignment for my fourth year sales management class. We have to interview someone in sales, ask them about their roles, responsibilities, hardships, etc. So shout out my professor, Greg Tanke. This interview is the one that I'll be writing my report on. Um, but yeah, overall, Blake is a solid dude and has got some great insight into a career in business development and sales. And he talks about how he's navigating his first few roles in tech, which was awesome. So Blake, if you're listening, thank you so much for coming on to chat. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, I hope you enjoy. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nearly Verified. After some technical difficulties, we're rolling now. Um, my name is Matt Puglisi, and today we're going to dive into the mind of a salesperson. I've got Blake Pearson, who has volunteers' time. Really appreciate it, Blake. Um, let's just get things started and jump into a little bit about you. Like, How did you get into sales and a little bit about your story, man? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, Matt. And maybe the second time here, this will sound better, too, after I had some practice. But so, so my story in getting into sales is I um, will start back at school here. I went to school for marketing and that's because there's no sales programs, right? I originally had a, had an idea that I want to get in sales. My dad was in sales. I was always kind of motivated by that. I played sports. So I was told like going to sales. So I always kind of thought of that, but since there's no sales programs, um, I went into marketing as I thought it was the closest thing related. And naturally that opened up some doors in marketing. So that's where I started my career. Um, I went and did some sports internships for marketing. I did some agency internships and then one of them landed me a job right out of school at a digital marketing agency where I was doing actual digital marketing work and I absolutely hated it. I mean, I thought I liked it at the time, but when I sat back and like realized that it it just wasn't for me. So I said, you know, I have all these skills in marketing. Let's try another marketing rollout in a different industry. So I went over to a tech company, Exonify did marketing there and still just hated it. Um, maybe even more, I don't know, it just the time adding up, which is like, this isn't for me at all. So I was fortunate enough that I started networking with the BDR managers there and I could interview internally and they gave me a shot. So I got my first, you know, real sales, sales gig there doing outbound prospecting for enterprise clients. And then I kind of exhausted how long I could really stay there. You know, it's enterprise sales, so they weren't going to move up BDR uh, right into an AE role. So I started looking elsewhere for AE positions, you know, got a few offers, had some conversations in the area, but I always had two goals in mind. And one was to work for a massive tech organization, like the Salesforce of the world, and two, to move to Toronto. 
So I settled for my hat in the in the in the ring for this one here and tryouts. I think that's the right saying hat in the ring um, and tryout Salesforce. Um, so and I got it. So I'm in a BDR role now. I've been here for 12 months. Um, and now I'm just trying to get that that AE role at Salesforce. So I've been doing a BDR role with a lot of outbound prospecting for about two and a half years total. And that's where we're at today. It's awesome. A um, little bit of context. I know about Blake from all the stories, good things only from the Exonify, uh, the Exonify team when I was working there uh, in the co-op. I was on the BDR team and they would just talk about this all-star who left for the big city, you know, had to make his way over. Um, but no, it's really cool to hear a little bit about your story, man. Um, I'm curious so, what bad things they said. No, only good. Only yeah, good. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I not say that. Um, so let's talk Salesforce. So like to somebody who may not know about Salesforce or about CRMs, what's going on there and like what's the nature of that business? Yeah, so... Pretty much Salesforce is, um, we offer so many solutions, right? Um, we're, well, the way to look at us is we're a customer 360 platform because we can help you from sales, service, IT operations, commerce, marketing. There's a solution for every department of a business in of, of different industries of different sizes. So, and, and that's one thing that attracted me to it, but that's also something that makes it a bit difficult um, and why I was overwhelmed coming into it at first. So, you know, when, when I was working at Exonify, I was selling a point solution and like understood, you know, the use case, who we were selling to, what, what, you know, how to pitch it, how to handle objections. And then when I first came to Salesforce, like shipping out 20 products to people, I'm like, I have no idea what, what's going on here. But um, so, so that was a bit overwhelming, but um, there, on a, the best way to put it is like, we're just trying to help transform businesses and digitize. It's awesome. Yeah, I got a lot of experience working uh, with Salesforce when I was at Exonify and it makes, yeah, like having that that tool makes life so much easier. And if you use it right, um, yeah, it saves a lot of people a lot of time and resources, which is sweet. Um, so when it comes to your BDR role at Salesforce, what kind of tasks and activities would you perform like on a day-to-day? -day? Yeah, so I've actually had two um bdr roles at salesforce so when you come in externally you don't really choose what team you go on they just place you on a team and it's based on um the business size the sector what industry you cater to and i was put on to core business for commercial size which is a thousand to five thousand employees um on cross-sell teams so this is any team that has a footprint of salesforce already maybe they're using our sales cloud maybe they're using marketing cloud or service whatever it may be and my role was to break into the account even more and try to try to bring new products on board and you know open new relationships so we can either upsell or cross sell. So I did that for about six months and, and I'll get back to the activity question, but just to give you some more backstory here. And then as the fiscal came on, they were looking the new fiscal year, they were looking for some people to go to the new logo team. And I actually, you know, volunteered, put my hands up and asked my director to put me in that position. I had past experience and I also just thought it'd be um, a great learning experience for me to prepare me for my next account executive role. So I've got to play in both of those positions, which is great. And the metrics are different for both, um, but the day to day is kind of similar. So, you know, as a BDR, you know, it's pretty similar everywhere. You're just slinging calls, um, sending out emails, you're trying to just get meetings, right? So uh, my day to day now consists of looking at my, my book of business and the accounts that are assigned to me and just bringing a perspective and POV and trying to 
uh, trying to break in and get meetings for me and my account executive. That's awesome. Um, so I know that that like that role in nature can be difficult at times. Like I'm sure you've had like your fair share of rejections, both nice and probably on the aggressive side. Um, so just like in terms of dealing with those rejections, dealing with like the tough days that get you down, like what kind of, you know, I don't know, what kind of tips do you have for those tough days? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, definitely have, I mean, tough days when you're cold calling all day, especially being remote now when you're alone, like some days you're just going to talk to nobody. Or if you talk to someone, that's just going to be a whole lot of no, especially in the new logo space. Right. Um, but I think it's just like always thinking about the end goal and realizing like it sounds corny, but one one more or like a no just leads to another yes. Like it takes so many no's to get a yes. And I think you just become like immune to it after a while and understand it's part of the role. Um, what motivates me is just, you know, thinking about what's next in my career and what I need to get done to get there. Yeah, 100%. I think that's definitely like a big motivator, but yeah, it, it was funny too, like when there'd be like an outrageous rejection, like somebody just brutal with it. it. It was funny to see like at Exonify, at least like, you know, you could laugh about it with like the people around you in your pod or like whatever it is. You just like have a little chuckle, but now it's like you're kind of staring it in the face. Yeah. You say, okay, like we're yeah, moving on. Yourself, so it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a bit different, but it's nice to have like conversations like on gchat with like my colleagues and stuff just to just to make it feel like we're still in the office and can uh, you know talk shit about what's going on from rejections or celebrating the wins yeah 100 percent. so how important is celebrating those wins at salesforce what does that look like yeah i mean the culture at salesforce is amazing um we all we celebrate as a team like you have an individual quota as a bdr and a team quota so it keeps us you know accountable to work as a team and help each other out and I feel like everyone just naturally is uh, willing to help based on the size of the company. Like I could reach out to anybody and ask for a cup of coffee or a quick meet and everyone's pretty down. So I love that coming from a smaller company like Exonify where everyone is great for that. Um, and the fact that I can still have that experience at a company that's still so large. Yeah, for sure. It, it kind of reminds me of, I guess I was in my in my second year, so like context, I was part of the Laurier Sales Association all the way through um, my university career up until like my fourth year. So in my second year, we actually did an event at Salesforce. We brought like a busload of third and fourth years, toured the office. Um, and especially for me, awesome. like, yeah, it was always oh, so cool. Um, like, and especially for me, like I come from uh, like basically farmland. So like driving up to Toronto, like going through this office, meeting all the people, like it definitely, I got the vibe that it was very inclusive and like everyone is very willing to, you know, have that chat or like just hear you out, um, which I think is huge, especially for like a fairly large company like Salesforce. Um, that's something that I really admired, especially uh, just hearing about the program, like um, I don't know, that, that's just a side note. Yeah. Like I thought it was really cool. Definitely neat. And I love the fact that, the BDR, like BDRs have a full floor in Toronto. So we do even floor wide spiffs sometimes where everybody's like competing against each other on teams together. So it's fun that you're not just interacting with your own team, but as a floor, we all, we all have that relationship and you know, celebrate wins together. Yeah, man. It's awesome. Um, so how real, like, I know there's a stigma around sales, but how real is like the competitive nature of the field? Like, what does that look like for you and your roles? In regards to like, in having competitiveness in yourself 
Um, so yeah, I guess like in yourself, but also like within the work environment. Uh, like against my peers at Salesforce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a good question because I feel like a lot of people that are good at sales are naturally competitive. Right. And a lot of people are former athletes who are come from that nature. They screw up being competitive and look, we're measured on a dashboard. So like, I don't know, I go in every day and I want to be the top of the dashboard every day. I think competitive is real, but at the same time, the competitiveness in sales is real, but at the same time, um, I'm still like willing to help my, my colleagues and want to see them do well. Um, so I, I think it's a big part and I think it's important. I'm definitely really competitive with myself and I needed that drive. And that's one of the things that I didn't have in marketing, um, being held to a quota, right? I, if I don't have something that like I can't achieve or overachieve or compete against someone, like I was just getting bored. So I think that's, that's something that really, um, stuck out and why, why I love sales. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like it's, uh, it's interesting, man. And it's, it's like, I don't know, something that's also been pretty apparent to me is how managers uh, like handle their sales team and like handle their business development team. So that's something that I've been pretty fascinated with. How, like what makes a good manager? Cause I'm sure like, everybody's had a trash manager that has not motivated them or like made them better in any way. And from those experiences, you learn a lot, but um, like having a good manager really opens your eyes. Like, wow, like I feel like I can do so much more and do so much better. Um, so question for you, like what makes a good sales manager for Blake? Yeah. Um, I think I've been really lucky to only have great sales managers, um, from Exonify over to Salesforce. I've had two at Salesforce and they both amazing. Um, what makes a good one is, um, I, I don't like being micromanaged. And so like, I think trust is important. Um, but I, I love, like, I, I want that feedback. Like I'm a coachable person, I think so having someone that has that experience that can, you know, listen to what I'm doing, take my feedback and give me something to help improve, um, which I guess is just table stakes and then transparency, um, where we can just be completely honest with each other. And, and then the final thing too, is just like, I, I want someone that's supportive of my career growth, um, and will help me get to that next step. Yeah, no, super important, man. Um, so follow up question for you, what would be some of your, I guess like favorite tips or tricks when it comes to like landing that initial call. I know there's a long process and a lot of work that goes into that work, but uh, yeah, just like some initial tips and tricks for, uh, for landing with, that with a prospect. Yeah. Uh, two things. One um, being concise, um, like shorter, the better. And then two um, personalization. I, I mean, like we don't always have the time to personalize everything, but the more you can, the more it's going to be read and like stand out to others. So, um, I think, I think those two are the biggest things for me and like, just, just be creative and like find new ways to, to chat with people right now. You know, like a lot of these direct lines or office lines, you can't get in touch because of COVID-19, right? People aren't in the office. So you got to work around that, like sending out whether it's connections on LinkedIn or trying to find out where you can send packages to some, something like that. And just, so I think creativity is uh, really important. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of relate to that in terms of like trying to get people on this podcast too. Like I've been reaching out to people that probably I have no business trying to talk to and like getting creative, with like reaching out and, and trying to connect with them. It's fun. Like I, I find that really interesting and, and like, yeah, the creative aspect, um, yeah, it kind of fuels me. But 
would yeah. you say like some of that marketing knowledge and like creativity has helped you in the sales world or different skills would you say uh no probably not <laughs> um maybe, like i i don't know like i i probably shouldn't be so negative about marketing like nothing against people who do marketing like it's it's a, it's a tough role it's just not for me right um but I, I think it's just different, like the way you write for marketing compared to the way you write in sales. Yeah. Like you're not really writing copy when yeah. you're trying to email somebody. Like it's a very different vibe. Yeah. But I don't know. There all are some like, it depends, like did you chat with uh, Janet ever at uh, Exonify, the content marketing manager? She's great and taught me a lot about writing for sales. So shout out Janet. She was great. Yeah. Janet's awesome. Janet's also, Janet Pelletary, is that who you're talking about? No, but she was great too. Um, okay. In marketing. Um, uh, what was her? She uh, runs like the content marketing team. Oh, okay, okay. I get I get names terribly mixed up when, like, yeah, when yeah. it comes to work. But um, cool, man. So next question I've got for you. I basically so to segue. Um, I'll probably say this in a pre-recorded intro, but uh, part of these questions are kind of preset for. A sales course I'm doing, which is really cool. Fun fact, only one sales course at Laurier, which is tough for anyone that's even considering sales. You only get exposure to it in fourth year, unless you go to events and club events and stuff like that. But um, so my question for you would be, what are some big misconceptions when it comes to sales and specifically like B2B sales? Uh yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a good question. But just to go back quickly on what you said there about like only being one sales course, um, I've, I've, that's good that there is at least one because you don't really hear much about sales. And what I find is like talking to all these people in sales, like I guess I always knew for some reason, but nobody knows they wanted to end up in sales, right? Um, yeah. So I think it's good to start getting that um, and, and having like those classes for it to give a different perspective of what it is because I think a lot of people – like a miscon now going back to a misconception is like that sleazy salesperson, right? And people think about like when you think like, oh, I'm gonna go pursue a career in sales, it's like, oh, you're selling used cars, like you're that typical person you see in like a show or a cartoon. So I think that's the biggest thing. And they don't realize like all the business acumen that has to go into it and you know, the and like the business mindset you need, um, where it's not just like, I could give you a lower price, like better, better, better come buy from me, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think that's just like the, the biggest one um yeah I'm, I'm i'm struggling to think but there's definitely some right now like what do, what do you think um i would definitely say yeah like the stigma around sales and like people i guess like thinking that it is maybe not anybody's first choice which does seem at like to some extent to be a little bit of truth like a lot of people do degrees out of business or like start somewhere else and let's say accounting and then move to sales um, but yeah, so like when I was on the Laurier sales association, that's like the biggest thing we would preach is the transferable skills from sales could literally take you anywhere that you want to go. Cause yeah. you're pulling skills, like analytical skills, interpersonal skills. Like there's so much that goes into a good salesperson. It doesn't have to be this like, you know, over exaggerating, like very like outward spoken person. Like there's some fantastic salespersons that are reserved or salespeople that are reserved and like kind of keep to themselves, but are really good with their approach and really good with communicating. Um, so yeah, I like, I, with you. yeah, man, like there are very, like there 
I'm sure there are a ton of like phenomenal um, introverted salespeople. And that's something that like does not really like, I don't know, come to mind when you think of the field or you think of sales in general. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and it's, I love talking to like, like older people who have been in their careers for a while and like asking where they got to where they're at. And it's just like, I just started at sales. I met these people and it naturally opened doors. Like I started in sales and this happened. And I started looking at like a lot of people on like the C level and where they started. And a lot of them came from sales, like being on the ground and talking to, to businesses, right. And learning more business skills um, and understanding how business works just from being in all those conversations. And on the other side of like, a lot of people don't know they want to get into sales. Like I work with some people now that were like teachers for a bit or uh, worked in completely opposite fields. And now there's absolutely crushing it in sales. So it's cool to hear those kind of things. Yeah. It's cool to see like, I guess like all the different walks of life that people come from, but end up in sales and then end up doing really well because they've got the skills that it takes to, you know, succeed, which is really cool to see. Yeah, I think I just like start to realize more and more a lot of people have no idea what they want to do. And like you just got to start moving on something and then doors will slowly open. Yeah, basically the story of my life coming into fourth year. <laughs> no, no, no clue what I'm uh, what I'm going to do in a year, but we're going to hopefully knock down some doors. We'll see what happens. You'll kill it, man. You'll kill it. Uh, appreciate it, man. Um, so to kind of wrap things up, I've got a bit of a lightning round for you. If you're about that. Sure. Just quick answers. Yeah. Quick answers. Or if you want to elaborate, like do your thing, but I've just got like, uh, four or five quick ones for you. And then we can wrap things up from there. Um, cool. So first question for you, what would you say are the top three skills that a salesperson needs? Um, they need to be resilient, have business acumen. Um, and I think, I think today something that I'm learning is, uh, almost having empathy, like, especially in today's day, right? Like not just trying to sell, but, um, just genuinely want to help wanting uh, to help businesses. Dude, I love that answer. Having empathy just in general in business is, is huge, specifically in sales. If you're trying to provide value, like understanding their needs and like with their pain points is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's sweet. Um, second question how can we help break the stigma of sales? That's a pretty open-ended one, but any, uh, any thoughts? I, I, I don't know. That's tough. I think people just need to be exposed to what the role actually entails and like what a day-to-day is like for them to understand really. Um, I don't know. Just start talking to more people about it. Yeah. Listen to this podcast and then yeah, we'll know. share this podcast. <laughs> go viral. Um, what is the largest lesson you've learned through being in sales? Well, I've never thought about that. That's something I should definitely reflect on. Yeah. Um, wow. I feel like I'm in an interview right now and that's a good question. <laughs> I'm hoping to get an interview soon for, for an eight year old. So I got to think about that. Yeah. Thing. Time to prepare. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm man, I don't know. Um, honestly, like one thing that I've learned is like, Man, like people get so nervous about calling people and, and pissing people off and bothering them. And like, what am I going to say? What are they going to think about this? Like people don't care, man. Like you, especially when you're talking to an executive, you're such a small part of their day that like they think about you when you're there and like, they're not like thinking about before or after maybe if it's a big evaluation, but like it's, you're just such a small part of their life. Like don't overthink how people, um, you know, view you or, or get nervous about that, I guess. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, no, I, I get that. Like a lot of people and like myself included get caught up in like the little, the little uh, like afterthoughts of, oh no, like what are they going to think? Did I say something wrong? Like just replaying that. I actually, I'm really bad for that. Replaying what I said and I'll probably yeah. do it after we hang up this call. Like, oh, that was stupid or I should have said this or like, I don't know, kind of like beating down on yourself for the little things that aren't really in your control or like don't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Like I'm, I'm saying, I think everybody's like that. Like naturally you're going to be a bit uh, self-aware and con- uh, self-conscious about like things you say, but um, I don't know. It's just something nice to think about. It's like, whatever, if you lose this one, there's always going to be more. Yeah. And I think that's definitely like, uh, not that I re- like was really on the phones that Exonify by any means, but like from learning from the people around me, like letting things just kind of roll off your shoulders and accepting that like, it's not always going to go your way. Like you're going to have those tough days and those tough calls, but like it is what it is, man. Like what's done is done at that point. Exactly. Cool. Um, so last question for you. If you could go back and give 21 year old Blake one piece of advice, what would it be? Go right to sales. <laughs> <Skip one. laughs> no, I don't know. Like I would have ended up here and I ended up in the right place, but, um, I don't know, be patient with the process. Like, don't always look, I mean, always have that next step in mind, but um, don't try to just like rush out. Like for, I, I think this is important speaking to BDRs and it's just like, everyone's just trying to rush in that next AE role. But while you're here, just like in that BDR role, try to learn as much as you can before moving to AE and take the time when it's a bit more laid back to, you know, practice your skills and um, prepare. So when you get to that next overwhelming role, you're ready to roll. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a great piece of advice, and um, definitely will take that as I uh, as I move through into, into fourth year. But man, thank you so much for hopping on this call, man. Like, I really appreciate all your insights about Salesforce, about sales in general. Um, I thought this was a really cool combo, and we ended up making it in time. So once again, like, thanks so yeah. much for hopping on, man. Yeah, man, no problem. Thanks for having me, and best of luck with everything um, with with your fourth year.